sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well, that's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious and chances are he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put down disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke. It's time to show him the door. And oh, if he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with Vibe Check, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, Vitech goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With eight thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, Vitech ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse, from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. I mean, skip the surface-level discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Content warning, there is mention of suicide. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi it is your girl, Adar, and I'm back at the stew, and you're listening to the Digital Sisterhood Podcast. Okay, and I know I say this every time I start an episode, but I really do think this is a special episode with special guests, okay? Eat me, I don't care. <laughs> I think everybody that comes on this podcast is super special. Um, I'm really excited to have you guys in here. Um, can I get a little noise from you guys on the mic so people know that I'm with people? Yeah. Girl. So this episode, again, like I said, is a special one. Um, we're going to be talking about something really important, really important. Um, it is, I don't know what we're going to call this episode just yet, but essentially this episode is basically a Naqabi's tell-all. Mm. Mm. Ah. It just got real serious in here. <laughs> As you know, some of this, there are four sisters in this stew with me. It's five of us all together. I'm going to have you guys do introductions. And I always start from my right. I, it's funny because it's has looking at me like she's like, I was trying to make sure to no, be on, the, on, right my, on your left side. <laughs> so I would have picked her first. But Allah wanted you to be the first person, sis. Wow, you just tricked me earlier. <laughs> Sad. I had to trick you because you were never going to go first. Oh. But listen, don't worry. Don't worry. If anything, if it's mad, you don't want to go first. Does anybody want to take her spot first and give me a, a fire you introduction? You want to make eye contact with me. <laughs> mm. I'll, go, I'll go first. Okay. 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 Um, my name is Yusra Saeed. 
Okay, I'm from the west. Oh, the whole end of Toronto. Okay. Right. Northside Columbus. Bye bye bye. Okay. I call myself a student of life because I think that life teaches the best lessons. Mm. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm just here to chop it up with y'all. I'm so I'm so excited to see you here. You said, guess what? I'm excited for people to get to know her on this podcast because she's literally the most funniest person I know. <laughs> but she literally, literally, thank you so much. I appreciate so it. much personality. Next up, we have. Gonna get a drum roll, please. Yeah, who's it? We got Tima. Oh, no, this is so. What the circle is? <laughs> Tima, please introduce yourself. Okay, um, Bismillah. I'm Fatima. If you know, you know, that's it. <laughs> I'm from Toronto. I hoop. I'm just living life, fam. It's a movie every day. It's a that's movie it. every day. You know what, Tima? I, I know you really suck at doing introductions. So let me I know. I can't gas myself. Is that word? I know. It's hard. It's hard to do introductions. Talk about yourself. It's hard to talk about yourself. Period. Yeah. But Tima, I met. You know, Tima, I met you many not long ago, but many years ago. Found that was a almost a decade. What's your <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, it was it a decade. It's one of the Oh yeah, it was about six. Six years. Yeah. yeah, and you were you were a, a young young woman coming into the masjid. I young now, fam. No, no, well, you're still young. <laughs> she you're was, young yeah. her, but at the time, you were substantially younger. Yeah, yeah, nineteen. Um, nineteen years old. Or eighteen, eighteen actually. Eighteen, really? Yeah, I came to wow. the masjid at eighteen. Mashallah. And and fun fact, we most of us, all of us, met in the masjid, yeah. in the house of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So that's beautiful yeah. too. When I met Tima, she was this like fire. Oh my. She was had this like. <laughs> if I could describe Fina, uh, as, um, if I can describe uh, Fatima with one like element, it'd be fire. Mm. Means un- unapologetic. Spicy. Unapologetic. Sailor Moon no- should be Mars. You know Mars is Sailor Moon? <laughs> I swear to God, you would. You are the most fire person. And you know the thing about you? You're very unapologetic and you don't take anything from nobody. Yeah. And I really appreciated that about you because I obviously have. Yeah, I don't let people rent space in my head. No. She I'm, literally only fears Allah like no one else, yeah. no other human being. <laughs> It's it's the most beautiful. It. It's the most beautiful thing about you. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Share your experience about wearing the club. So, I oh, it's wait. interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when I, when I talk about fighter, Habib has nothing on you. Mashallah, he can learn a thing a thing or two from you. So the next person um, at the table, we got Dromo, please. <laughs> we got. I guess it's my turn now. Yeah. <laughs> so my name is Ismahan, and um, I'm very shy. I'm really trying to. <laughs> get over my fears but um i am one of other's best friends and hilal yes. so from episode two one two and three mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm the girl behind the scenes what are you into many things i, <laughs> I cook mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that's my one of my love languages to cook for the people i love so that's mm-hmm. that and you're uh, a talented cook so much so you have your own catering company yeah check out my ukhti catering instagram page yeah it's had is uh, uh you know it's so funny like um you're one of my friends but i honestly feel like you're like my sister i feel like we share in a biological <laughs> dna um so i know i know this is kind of a hard thing for you to come on the mic but i really appreciate you for coming on my podcast it's no this bad. podcast means so much to me well it's like i was a baby and i was like i feel like it's my niece like yeah. i just want it to go so <laughs> big and i know it will i'm just really excited to be part of it uh, i'm so excited I'm for the world to get to know you I really am. Me too. Yeah. All of you. All of you. I'm super excited. Okay. Can I, we got one more guest to be got on the table. So can I get, well, she's, no she's a repeat. Roll. She's no a repeat. Drum, no drum roll. At no. this point, <laughs> I, I think I've been your most frequent guest at yeah, this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is literally the fourth episode. Well, but you still episode. deserve the drama. So can yeah, I get a drum yeah, roll, yeah. please? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <I'll bet>. um, <laughs> I'm Sophia. I am, I guess I'm one of the founding members of TDS. Mm-hmm. Other keeps wanting to put me on the mic, guys. I have to tell you the reason why is just because I'm the only other founding member with her in Toronto right now. Every chance I get, and I think she always wants the team. 
when are you guys gonna get on the mic when are you guys gonna be interviewed when are all of you guys gonna tell your stories yeah and so she's forever bullying us to come but on this one um you know i had to i matched the theme uh i had no excuse you had zero so you know i had to roll up you had to roll up and you're rolling out and i love that for yeah okay alhamdulillah so we're gonna start an episode in by doing icebreakers from our infamous and first product vibe check i know it did so well in the women's tell all and i was like i want to bring the same vibes so to break the ice a little bit we're gonna play from the category icebreakers so i'm gonna ask you guys a question and then we're gonna answer inshallah let's go okay so the first question is what was your most embarrassing fashion phase Mm -hmm. Oh, I can admit to this oh right my away. Lord. What was it? You know, when I, um, you know, in my early teens, transitioned into wearing hijab, uh, the first couple of um, skirts I got for myself were silk, brightly patterned skirts, guys. Silk, wait, what? Silk, brightly patterned skirts. I don't know. My mom, she, <laughs> if you know Toronto, my mom just, she just went to, I told my mom, hey, Hoya, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to wear jeans no more. Um, she went to Keen Fashion. That's what Hafir there recommended. She's like, oh, this is so trendy and cute. And, you know, uh, beggars can't be choosers when they're trying to pray five times a day and they're out of their house. Mm-hmm. So right. that was my worst Silk fashion phase. phase. That's so interesting. I should have kept one or two and shown you guys. You would know. <laughs> so you were never really into like that baby fat phase? Oh. No. No? <laughs> no, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You going know, on to me. Going on to you. That, I that, did love baby fat. Well, I did. I feel like you're like... Baby fat first. is is Yosua. Yosua was a brand personified. No, because my mom had a store, right? Yeah. So we had, like, I had first dibs on all the fashions and stuff like that. <laughs> so, like, remember when the jean skirts were hot? Oh, yeah. yeah I had I every type went... of jean skirt. No, you didn't. And then my mom would sell, like, some Gucci ones. <laughs> some blue. I said, where is this from, mom? Yeah. But guess what? I was wearing it, though. No, with style. With style. Oh. Oh, I love that. So, how's that your worst fashion phase then? Because it was not real. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 12. What am I doing wearing this? I'm in middle school. (laughs) Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, yeah, man, I just cringe sometimes thinking about the past. I, like, I, you know, I, I have, I have a few baby pictures that my parents found a couple years back. I burned them, even though my mom was so upset that I did that. But you guys, what life you saw? I had a picture. I had a shirt. Well, I real story, okay? I had a shirt. I was in grade five. My mom, this is a, I think I, this is the time where I wanted to dress myself. My mom used to dress me, okay, religiously. But I started to dress myself. And I bought a shirt. Well, I, until today, I don't know what my mother was thinking, <laughs> allowing me to wear the shirt that had that thing on it. But I don't think my mom was reading it. And it says, and I kid you not, it says, I, I have been naughty with a cat <laughs> oh my. at the end of it, okay? And, I, and it was sparkly, Okay. <laughs> And imagine it's a school picture of me with my Harry Potter glasses. <laughs> my hair is not combed properly because I think I told my mom I'm doing myself today. And I had a shirt that says I've been naughty. And well, I have the most mischievous smirk. Okay? And I you don't. should have not burned that. <laughs> I'm done. You guys, I said if anybody sees this, my life Game is over. over. Well, life is over. It's over. I deserve every roast. Mm-hmm. I know it would become a meme. 100%. <laughs> that image would become a meme. And so, no, I, the most fashion phase, I, I, I can talk about it. But that would be the image of that shirt. That I've been, what? I, I just, I don't know what to say. Like, how, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's and so funny. that for me was like a moment I, I still like ingrained in my brain. No, fam, uh, I had a hijab with, and it looked like toenail clippings. <laughs> what? <laughs> it had, and you had a hijab that looked like what? It looked like toenail clippings. Like, <laughs> toenail clippings? Like, like the pattern was like nails. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> I said, why you did me like that? <laughs> but alhamdulillah, 
I got my swag back. So yeah. Guess what? And by the way, you are the most one of the most swaggy person 100%. I know. You, you, you can't say she's the most beside yourself. Okay, okay beside you. Said most... I, you know, but their styles are we're, different. We're different. We're different. Yeah, we're different. We're different. Like I would say, Fatima is very street. Mm. Streetwear. Yeah, I go yeah. Nakha with yellow Crocs. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. She's different. <laughs> you know, she's the only one I see in a like a puffer, like you know those vet, like oh, not the security jacket wearing, but it's that. That in the garbage. No, you You dress like a roadman. Like you, you roadman. Mm. You. That's you. That's your personality. But that's good because they don't come to you. You know they don't. And guess love what? It. And when I see you, I think about like, would I want to mess with this girl? Nah, never. Never. You look like the people trying. You know. And we'll talk about that, and we'll get to that. You know what I'm saying? Our last question for icebreaker is and I like this question um, what was the best compliment you've ever received mm. oh dang I have I have one already what is it um, that I have feminine energy Ooh. Ooh. what does I that like mean that. <laughs> girl I'm sorry I need Oxford dictionary <laughs> is feminine fam. why 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 did that compliment mean so much to you because I love my femininity yeah Ooh. I love yeah. it yeah so like you know because I feel like I just embraced it. Yeah. Because yeah. I always was like, growing up, I was a tomboy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I really embraced it when yeah. I got older. So, yeah. Yeah. Really and you it. are you do give me a hump to feminine energy. Yeah. Thank you. If you're supposed to give me something, you give me feminine, serious energy. Yeah, you I know, love I'd, that for you. I'd be on Pinterest looking up stuff, you know? Yeah. I love oh, that. Nice. <laughs> I love that. How are you? This is Naqabi princess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she really is. is. You are, mashallah. Thank you. Anybody else? Um... I think when someone said you remind me of your father and um, oh. that means a lot because obviously my dad passed away and people say he was a good man. So when they see me, they're like, wow, like your dad never got to raise you, but um, you remind me so much of him. So that really touches me every time I see people like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best thing, the best compliment we can give you, especially because yeah. like, how old were you when you lost your dad? I was five. You were five. Yeah. And someone says they can see him in you. Yeah. So it means a lot. So I'm like, I would just want to know what kind of man he was. So when I, I do nice things because for the sake of Allah, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. good. Um, when people remind me of that, I just, I get really happy. Yeah. 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 I would love that. Yeah. I love that for you, Smahan. Thank you. I wish I could have, I met your dad and wonder what you guys are like. I know. But I think that's beautiful. Ugh. <laughs> In the feels. We're already getting there. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, mine was, it was from a sister in the masjid and she said, you always make me smile. Oh. And I said, <laughs> not always, but okay. <laughs> Why did that mean so much to you? Because well, even when I'm going through something, I try to don't put that in front of me. Yeah. And I still try to be myself, even though I have something else going on. Yeah. Mm. So it's nice to know. Yeah. That yeah, you- no crying, sis. I feel the emotion. Oh, no, there ain't no emotion. Oh, sorry. Let me just... <laughs> Let me get myself together right now, don't right? Then don't try that with the schmucks. <laughs> yeah, not right now. Tiba's like started. so serious about not crying. She's like, I'm not doing this on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Hell, not the. But I I'm always smiling, anyways. Like if you see me 90 percent of the time, you I'm are. laughing. I'm goofy. Yeah, so you are. You are very smiley. I make sure you're good. You are a very smiley person. I really appreciate that about you. Okay, so basically, I invited you guys to this episode because there's one thing that we all have in common, including me. We all wear a naqab. And I personally just started wearing naqab a few months back. I've already had uh, almost a year, almost a year, bro. It's kind of crazy because it feels like I just wore it yesterday. Um, but right now, 
while we're recording this episode, there's a lot of tension going on around the idea of hijab and naqab. And I was like, it would be nice to, for, to, have, to hear about sisters' experiences in it, but just to hear your voices, like about your, because we all obviously live in the West and, um, and we all wear naqab for different reasons, but I just want to hear your journeys and your experiences um, in its totality and share that, because I know there's a lot of sisters who are thinking about wearing naqab, right? Um, and they're weighing out there, like, should I wear, should I not wear? Like, is it hard, is it easy, is it this, is it that? Um, and I just wanted, I was like, hey, I really think it's important for us to kind of have the opportunity to listen to women who wear, who's, who actually wear naqab in real time. So I'm personally curious, okay? Personally, before we get to the naqab, I really want to know about your hijab journeys. Like, how did you guys start? What inspired you to start your hijab journey? How old were you? Yeah, like, what was that experience like? I'll go first. Um, so the first time I ever put on um, any hijab, I think, for a long period of time. Um, I was in the second grade. I uh, decided to copy my older sister, who was mm. in the fourth grade at the time. Um, so she had actually read a book about the virtues of hijab that my mom had given her, and uh, she decided to put it on. Mm-hmm. And like the little baby duckling I was, I decided to follow my older sister and Aww, put it on as well. But in terms of um, kind of actually going on um, my own independent journey in um, kind of wearing hijab properly, so no more jeans, no more short shirts, no more tight clothing. Same time, I just started to pray. So um, when I was 12, it took me about a year, between 12 to 13, to put it on for the first time. Um, I think it just came naturally with praying five times a day. Like once I realized that I, I needed to be dressed um, appropriately for prayer and that sometimes I had, I'd have to pray in school, that meant I had to change my clothes because I wasn't going to swap outfits. It was too much for me. So I, I'd rather just go about the journey of just saying, like, I, I just have to be dressed in a way that I can pray anywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of simple that way. And then from there, um, in the ninth grade, so, yeah, ninth grade, so when I was 14, yeah. is when I put on the jilbab for the first time. It's actually the first time I started thinking about naqab, but I didn't do it until um, wow. 10 years later. Yeah, like hindsight, we should have, like, should I have? Shouldn't I have? Allahu alam. But, you know, I realized once I did it, it was a lot easier than I had assumed previously. What were you thinking about the time when you were thinking about possibly wearing naqab? Like, what was it for you that, like, oh, I would love to kind of explore this? Like, I think it was just the progression. So because of the f- fact that I, I transitioned away from wearing jeans and into, like, fulfilling the conditions of hijab and then to wearing a jibab, it just felt to me like... This wasn't laborious. It wasn't hard for me. I actually felt better, right? And so, um, you know, when I was uh, started wearing jilbab, it crossed my mind that, you know, because of these transitions, like, I might enjoy wearing naqab a lot. And so to me, it's like, okay, if I enjoy it and this is easy, why don't I just do a piece of worship that's actually easy for me to do as a person? Mm. I think the only thing that kind of uh, knocked me off my journey, if I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. Um, I stopped wearing jibab for a period of time um, after I started working when I was 16. So um, my first job experience, um, I did wear jibab, but um, I felt kind of discriminated against, I guess, Mm. in in that experience. Like, I worked at a clothing store. Mm. (laughs) And I remember the first day of, um, imagine my first job ever. So the first day of work, it's Ramadan, it's in the middle of summer. Um, I'm wearing black. And then my manager knows I'm fasting and she tells me to go outside and clean all the windows in the entire store. So this store is basically made of glass, like a big glass box. So I'm outside in the middle of the heat, like dying, can't drink water. Right. 
And then, like, the rationale at the time was, like, you know, they didn't want me at the till, right? They didn't want me, like, interacting with customers. They'd rather me oh, doing wow. stuff in the back. Sophia, they made you clean the entire glass outside? Yeah. How yeah. old were you? 16. 16, okay. And you were just wearing, like, hijab. No, 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 no. I was wearing jilbab. You were wearing a jilbab. So that, that, that. Did they hire you knowing you wore jilbab? Uh, yeah, no. So uh, let's talk about yes. a little bit about discrimination. <laughs> so um, there was this program in um, Toronto when I was a teenager. It was uh, Tropicana. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys heard yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, uh, <laughs> for the kids who, Get you know, hood, grew up you know, in the hood, yeah. <laughs> um, there was this job match program that essentially um, you would apply to it. Um, Tropicana would uh, essentially give you a job placement and they would pay. Mm-hmm. And then the store would have you quote-unquote, is free labor, but Tropicana would actually be paying you yeah. for the summer job. Yeah, full subsidy. And so uh, so you have to imagine, like, uh, I was a decent student, like a, a student in school, very polite. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to my first job interview at Tropicana. Um, there's this guy sitting across from me, and, like, we're talking. I answer all the questions, I think, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then um, he later tells me, no, you didn't get it. So my mom comes, and <laughs> when I go to the car and I tell my mom, she says, "No, we're walking back inside. I'm going to talk to mom. him." She's like, "It's because you're wearing a jilbab, right?" She literally <laughs> said, "It's because of what you're wearing." She's like, "I've seen the kids they hire, yeah. right?" She's like, "They don't have like half of what you have. Like, there's no reason not wow. to hire you." So she came and she yelled at him about wow. discrimination. Good. She's like, "Where's <laughs> your manager? Where's your boss? Like, what's your reason, right?" Yeah. And then um, he didn't have a reason for saying no to me. So I ended up staying in the program, but I feel like those experiences of, of people being very clear that they didn't want you there, yeah, and you feeling like, well, you feeling like I want to work, I want to contribute, I want to help my parents, I want to do something better, yeah, right, and I know I can, right. I feel like it got to me. Mm. I feel like it got to me, and I, a few other things in my life at that time also just made me feel like, you know what, Sophia, like, just take it off, like. Just be a, like, don't try to excel with your religion. Like, you're being told that you're not meant to. So just don't try. And so, like, I convinced myself of that for years. And I wasn't happy. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I did. And then later, <laughs> I'm telling this whole story now. Yeah. Um, I think the first time, and it was years, it was years. Like, sometimes I would wear the jilbab when I felt, like, a bit happier and more in, in that masjid environment. But I think the pers- person who actually kind of shook me it was actually one of the first conversations I had with you, Adad. I don't know if you remember this conversation at all. So I had um, bumped into Adad on campus uh, at our university. At York? At York, yeah. And we yeah. ended up having a discussion. And in that discussion, um, Adad was talking about her experience working and wearing jilbab. Mm. And I admitted to Adad that, you know, I had this hesitancy inside of me about that. Mm-hmm. And the other said, that's not possible. Like, what Allah's going to give you, Allah's going to give you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wear whatever <laughs> you want, right? And yeah. so other was actually, this is one of our first conversations we actually I, had. I, I think it's yeah. our first one-to-one conversation we ever had. Wow. Alone by ourselves. I had, no I had a idea. similar one to her, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Adar, at that time, I think other was preaching to everybody, <laughs> wear what you want. You yeah. have the fanciest job in the world. <laughs> and she, and she, she used is. to bring everybody home in your kitchen. <laughs> The bus tour lady. <laughs> so, so she's like, from the jump, she was always telling like the best stories. Oh my and, like, god! Um, you know, and then I, it just like honestly, I, I, I don't want to go too much into my whole life, but 
you know, it, it just it just made sense. So I started covering again. My yeah. mom made the funniest comment um, where she said, um, you know, um, you might have worn jilbab before me, Sophia, but I was more consistent. Ooh, and after wow. she, the day she said that, I put it back <laughs> I on. I love your mom. And I said, it's a wrap. <laughs> made your shots fire. You know what's so beautiful about that? Because I don't remember that conversation. Yeah. But, you know... What I said to you was something I, I understand as totality. I know what Smaha is going to think. Because yeah. it's funny um, how I miss, like, when I met Smaha at the masjid, was I've been at the masjid for a bit. But she as somebody bad from head all to, the way to well, the, and and I, I thought, the floor. I thought it was, I love, mashallah, to no, I love Philly style <laughs> floor sweeping <laughs> jilbab you know, at but, that time. But you know, the thing is, I, I, I you know, you guys, some of you, guys, you guys know that I started to wear hijab at 20 years old. Like, I didn't do this early in the game. I did this at 20. Same. And it was the hardest thing I ever did. Because I remember the night that I told myself I'm going to wear hijab. Just hijab. It was just a qumar. Yeah. And, and I had this pit in my stomach that was telling me, oh, everything is going to be hard after this. Like, yeah. you do this, you're going to lose friends. Because remember at the time, I didn't have, I didn't know anybody. You know, like, I didn't know anybody at the masjid. I didn't have any friends. I only had, like, the friends I grew up with. And there were Caroline and Amanda and Melissa, right? Those were my <laughs> friends. <laughs> and so if I wear hijab, like, they would just... I knew they would just ostracize me. And so it was like a leap I did private, like I did. And I, and I talked about our first episode, how, you know, how that experience was. But, you know, like I have never felt so beautiful in covering my entire life. Mm -hmm. Like I never felt so expensive and so valuable than the day I started to wear, for example, jilbab. And so when I, and I wore it uh, for four years straight. And then there was a really difficult time where I came and I started to feel really ugly in it. Um, and, and obviously, like, it doesn't happen all in one night. It yeah. just, I, I started going back, to, I went back to school, and then my, acad I, like, I don't ever forget, like, the, my first day back at school, somebody called me Batman. You know, mm -hmm. like, it was like, it was they a weird. They love to say that, don't they? Yeah, they love to well, say that. I and, talk back. Ninja. So for me, what are you, Joker? <laughs> yeah, so for me, that's, that's a far comeback. <laughs> but I was really, I was really shocked. But anyways, in that era, I really believed that, like, and, and the reason why I stopped wearing job, that job at that time wasn't because I wasn't getting the jobs or, like, anything. it was just felt like I didn't feel accepted. But mm -hmm. let me tell you, though, that's a big one, when though. I wore Jilbab, okay, in those four years, bro, I applied for every job. I didn't give a damn. I generally did not give a damn. Like, I knew that if I was going to get something, Allah was going to give it to me. Like, yeah. I really, so much so that the, when me and Ismail had started working together, hanging out together, you picked me up from work one day. She was working at a dental clinic, like at a high end place. High end dental clinic. I'm like, do you wear that to work? She's and like, yeah, why not? Like, <laughs> like. And I remember you looked at me and you were so shocked because imagine I'm, she's parked outside yeah. and it's really high. It's in Mississauga Square, so it's like really square one area. Square one area, and it was like a really expensive like uh, dental. It was a nice, beautiful dental. It, was, it wasn't even dental clinic. It was a physiotherapy oh, clinic. Oh, sorry, yeah, physiotherapy it was a dental clinic. clinic. Okay. So, and I was a receptionist. Imagine, and I wore a jilbab that dragged all the way. <laughs> I was the first person she, you saw. She greets all the customers. And I'm like, hey, hey, Bob, hey, Danny. You know, and I know at first people were hesitant with me, but I didn't care. I'm like, as, as soon as you get to know me, you're going to yeah. like me. Yeah. You know, and so I, just, I, I knew that, like, yeah, don't get shocked by all of this. But I knew eventually they they learned to like me. Yeah, they would meet me and they would like me because of so, your personality. My personality. I was that's the one thing. <laughs> I bubbly. That's the one thing I had confidence. I was like, yo, I'm not. I'm not crazy. You know, like yeah, I'm a pretty. She can chill. really finesse people. Yeah, yeah she I'm, really. She really can. <laughs> she can make sure you like her. And she empowers everyone. Too, no, also, and, to and so I felt empowered. Like that situation, really, I was like, I can yeah. do anything. You know, yeah. like well, Allah can give me whatever, and I don't have to compromise nothing. So when Ismail saw me, she was like, you wear all of that. At I'm, your job? I remember it was 2016. Yeah, literally. yeah. And then I said to you, I said, "Why not?" Yeah. Like, wh what you was actually inspired me to wear the jilbab? Really? Yeah. You were one of the big influences. You never told me that. <laughs> now you, now you, now you breaking breaking yeah, really? news on the podcast. <laughs> um, but you know, well, I, it's you know the beautiful thing about empowerment. How you empower others is how you empower yourself. Yeah. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. Like, that's what I learned about empowerment. When you empower yourself, it reflects. Because you think I was thinking about anybody else? I was thinking about my own self. Like, I was thinking, how can I obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How can I, how can I, you know, like, you know, really please him? And then without having succumbing to the society pressures of fitting in. You know, like, you get it from everywhere, bro. Yeah. Like, you can get oh, it from outside. Day. Sometimes you get it from your own parents. Like, are you sure you should be doing that? Like, are you sure you're going to be safe? Right. You yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. like the safe talk. Like, my mama was afraid yeah, yeah. I was going to be thrown on the subway when I wore a niqab. She's like, Adiga, you're gonna, it's finished. Do you remember the time we went to downtown and we were in front of the churros place? Yes. And I was wearing the niqab, and that's when you start wearing it. And I was so happy that you were in because finally I didn't yeah. feel alone. <laughs> and we're, I'm, like, taking a picture of um, Girl, the you whole... were never alone. <laughs> no, no. There was a time I was, like, no, I mean, like, oh, yeah. when I was with her, right? Yeah. So I was taking pictures, and I didn't want to look weird because I'm, like, the niqabi, mm-hmm. like, taking a video of, like, I was just, I think, for Instagram. And Adiga goes, no. We're real people. We're humans. <laughs> we're gonna. We're, they need to awesome. see that we're humans. <laughs> yeah, like, they need to see us doing normal stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah. But that's the thing, though, right? Because guys, and, and and agree with me, naqab, right? Is, we are, but we're a small minority. Yeah. Oh, like very minor, small, minor, so a very minor. small minority, and mm. they don't really see us too often. And if they do, did you know what? Only one percent of Muslim women in the Western world wear niqab. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Even, you know, I thought it was a little bit higher. No, no, no. I just, I, I showed other, I was reading this article um, last week and I found out it was just 1%. Subhanallah, 1%? Like the rich. Yeah. <laughs> like the rich. Like yeah. the rich. <laughs> we rich for real, though. <laughs> Get into well, it. But subhanAllah, when you're wearing the niqab, right? Um, like, I, I forget that I'm wearing it. But then when people give me those looks is when I like remember what I'm wearing. So oh, I have the moments. I'm not gonna lie to and you. And then I get nervous, and then and I look down. I don't look at the person. And then yeah, when either's there, she's like, nope, <laughs> we're not I'm doing. Giving, we're I'm not giving, dealing with this. I'm giving you eye contact. You know, no, I, I look back. I say, <laughs> you look at me. I ain't a TV fam. I look at you back. So. Take a picture. Like, yeah, I say it's gonna last longer. <laughs> and they start looking away like they're scared. And you know, I start putting my hands in my bag. You know, yeah. that? I put my hands in my bag, and they're like, what is in there? And I'm like, come find out. <laughs> no. Get off the subway and come find out. <laughs> Now that Sophia has uh, told us about her her, her jilbab and hijab story a little bit. I mean, I didn't get to the oh, oh, you didn't get to the <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us about how you got to the niqab part? Um, yeah, so I'll finish it off. Um, so with the niqab, um, just like I outlined in my journey, I think the only time I ever really faced struggles with, like, what I was wearing and my hijab always really came to the feeling of, like, I can't do much in the dunya if I do this. Hmm. And uh, right before uh, COVID hit, um, I I was interning at this place and it was, mashallah, it was a really great company, like a billion dollar company. I was at the fanciest workplace I'd ever been in my life. And I was, I was, I was wearing jilbab and um, my boss hated me. Why did he hate you? I think, I think he, you know, he thought I, I think he, he looked at the way I dressed and he wasn't concerned. But when he saw like my habits of like, going to pray mm. like you know not oh, shaking hands one. with men mm. etc and just the fact that i feel like also you come in and you're competent and that's the way you look i feel like sometimes people don't like that mm. they don't like the fact that you stand up for yourself that you have an opinion that you try to negotiate bargain stand up for your rights right and mm. you're dressing like that and you talk back mm. right when you feel disrespected and that's against the stereotype they have too, um you know and so i was just i was just in that place and you know i i had a lot of time to myself I feel like I, because between like going to school, going to work, going to classes, most of the time I was just by myself going from place to place to place to place. And I was just thinking. Right. And I realized, like, I hate this environment. Mm. Like, I actually like I would be at school and I would feel like I don't feel happy. I'd be at work and I feel like I don't feel happy. And the only time I'd feel like settled and content is when I was at the masjid. Mm. And so I said, you know, I don't think I can keep living 
in the sort of way that is going to keep putting me in places where I don't feel happy. Mm. You know, and I saw the niqab almost as an affirmation for what made me happy, my religion. Allah And and so, you know, I know I know that <laughs> the timing was covid. Yeah. So like Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Remember, it was. You know, <laughs> you started. You started 2020. Yeah, yeah. I started 2020. She and said, so, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it for a temporary." I, no, I didn't even say I was gonna do it for temporary. I, I, I didn't tell anybody. So I just nobody knew. I just secretly ordered some nabs and I had them in the back of my room. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just said, like, why not? Right. I, I, I was at the end of um, my studies, and I, I knew I was going to like applying for work at the end of the year and all that stuff like that but i said i don't care allah's gonna give me what allah's gonna give me i'm gonna find what i'm gonna find right i don't want to do this this way anymore mm-hmm. you know alhamdulillah and i put it on and i got an amazing job and i'm happy and i work from home and i, I spend more time in places that i actually care to and you know i think that that's one of the tricks of shaitan he makes you believe that like if you do this thing for the sake of allah you're gonna lose out mm. and allah showed me the opposite and, and, let's, and Allah showed me the opposite. Let's be clear, you know, and I, and I'm gonna use this as an example, Sophia, because you are obviously a, a huge role model of mine. Because not only do you wear naqab, but you actually work at a very at a job that nobody would ever think you would do, <laughs> and a woman that looks like you would be. And like, and I know I, I don't want you like you to tell them everybody because it's your private business. But Sophia works at a really nice job, guys. Like a job that we we as immigrants go to school for and hope to get. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, and 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 at a place where we can negotiate our salaries. You know, Masha, Sophia is a boss. Like she's a boss, and she wears niqab and she wears jibab. And and I'm, I don't mean to throw dust in your face, but I just want to say it as an example because you you are my example. Because like yeah. you know, like sometimes you sometimes all you see is image of. of sisters who wear hijab who are doing so well but they're also always so struggling you know yeah. and that's okay too yeah, that's but it's it's nice to see women winning too yeah. who wear niqab and yeah. hijab or jilbab you know and so i think it's important to share the stories of women who are winning you know and succeeding and they didn't have to compromise their hijab they didn't have to compromise their faith and i and i really i want to tell you sophia like i i i, I like i make dua for you and you're generally uh i ask Allah to increase you you're increasing you know guys you know somebody quoted me to me on twitter a quote that you told me that i shared on the podcast was this one time i called sophia saying hey sophia i'm really like nervous um i'm, I'm doing this podcast i'm i'm not taking any jobs i'm not going to school i'm just doing this hoping that this succeeds um, but I don't know if this is the most responsible foot thing to do because obviously like doing this podcast is what I believe in because all I do is talk about God, you know, all I do is talk about what matters and it's fulfilling to me and, and, and I kind of like want to just do this for the rest of my life. Inshallah. And, she's, and so Sophia says to people like, I feel like this is kind of irresponsible a little bit because I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. And she just looked at me and she said, and you know, obviously Sophia works at a really good job, a job my parents, if I had, my parents would be proud of, you know, she said to me, listen to me very carefully. She basically told me, like, listen, like, I, I am doing the job, you know, that, you know, you want to do and the job that you think your parents are going to make you happy. And I'm telling you that it's just a job. And yes, it, ge- it it's good. It gives me the money I need. But at the end of the day, like what we should be striving for is the job that we are most content with. Right. And at the end of the day, what's for certain, Ada, which is 100 percent for certain, is that the rizq you're, you're, you're going to get is written for you. And so you don't need to chase it. You don't need to chase it. It's written for you. Like what you're going to get in your lifespan, what it's written. Like You don't need to stress about that. Yeah. I remember. Beautify how you're seeking the risk yeah. of the law. Yeah. And, that, and you said to me, Adar, 
Just beautify your your pursuit in rizq. Beautify your story. Make it a story, you know? Because you're going to get it. You're going to get it. So when you're in the middle of that story, make it beautiful. Do what you want to do. Do what you like to do, you know? Because at the end of the day, it's not less or more <laughs> of what you're going to get. And she's like, so make your pursuit in it beautiful. And I was like, and I literally hung up the phone, shocked. I came staring at the ceiling saying, subhanAllah, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make my pursuit for rizq beautiful. And I'm going to do what I like to do. And even though it doesn't make sense to a lot of people or it doesn't make sense to maybe even my family members at the, at, at the moment, um, I know it's going to make sense to me soon. You know? And right now it just feels great. And I feel like that's the ethos of even the entire team yeah. of TDS. Like, we all believe that, you know, if we keep pursuing this in a beautiful way, Allah's yeah. going to provide for uh, what we're doing. That's and guess what? <laughs> Allah has provided. <laughs> Allah yeah. has provided. I told, I told other in that conversation, too. I said the exact same amount of money you li- made last year, you made this year. It was, it was two. I said the same amount of money you made in 2020, you made in 2021 with TDS. With TDS I said that next year, this year, inshallah, I said, you'll probably make double. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I said, and after that, you'll probably make triple just yeah. wait because you, you know can i tell you something the podcast allows me two things to talk about god and to dress how i want right it's it's it's, it's a business i can do you know subhanallah the companions i now i understand the totality why the companions were all entrepreneurs right yeah. i understand why they were entrepreneurs more than i did when i when i was in school and stuff like that because it gives you freedom yeah it gives well, it gives you freedom to be who you want how you want and it's the ideal job for a believer the most ideal job for and you run yourself you run so. yourself man like and you know subhanallah when you're obviously when you're running your own business you only rely on Allah you know what I'm saying like you rely a lot that he blesses you but anyways well, let me not go into that tangent whoever, I wanna, whoever seeks to be self-sufficient Allah will make them self-sufficient oh, period indeed, subhanallah indeed. Um, so uh, do you wanna I wanna I wanna hear more about you guys your hijab journey so Yusra do you wanna tell me about your hijab and your naqab journey sure okay um, so I think I started wearing hijab when I was like 9, 10 you know, little baby hijabs and stuff like that. And then um, I think as I got older into, like, high school, I kind of had a phase where I was kind of struggling with it. Yeah. Because I really didn't know why I was wearing hijab. Like, I knew hijab was, like, wajib. But I, know, I didn't know, like, the story behind it. You know what I mean? So um, when I got to high school, I kind of struggled, like, where I would take it off and put it back on. And um, there were certain people who encouraged me and there were certain people who wouldn't. So when I didn't, I remember this one time. Ooh, girl. Ooh. I'm getting into it. Yeah, okay. tell me. Tell me. I want to hear this. I got my, my tea here. I remember. We got uh, our donuts. Tell us. There was a day where I was like, you know, I'm just not going to wear it. Because I had a little, you know, the khimar stuff. So I said, you know, today I'm not going to wear khimar. And I remember this one other girl. She's another, you know, African girl, um, Muslima. She was like, wow, I can't believe you did that. Like, you disgraced yourself. You know, and she herself wow. wasn't a hijabi. She, wait, she said you disgraced yourself in what way? Because I didn't wear hijab that day. Like, I was like, you know, I'm just not going to wear hijab. Because oh. my whole mentality was I'm not even praying. Right. So I said, if I'm not going to pray, then why wear hijab? I don't want to be a hypocrite. I just mm. want to keep it 100, you know, because some people would kind of um, wear it like at school or not wear it at school and then go home and wear it for their yeah. parents and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. I said, I don't want to be fake yeah. like that. You know, I just want to keep it real with myself and say, you know what? My mom would know. Listen, I'm not wearing hijab no more. It is what it is. Just just keep that, you know. So um, I just remember when she said that to me and I felt so sad. I was so like, oh, my, I can't oh, believe wow. like another girl like me that looks like me saying that to me you know and it was actually a non-muslim girl who kind of stood up for me like leave her alone like yeah what so she doesn't want to wear it leave her fam it doesn't matter like you know but i always told myself in my head if i'm going to wear it i'm going to wear it with conviction and i'm going to keep it on you know Mm -hmm. so i actually started to wear um jibab and stuff when i was like 20 ish yeah 20 and that's obviously connected like sophia said like going to the masjid and stuff like that and seeing girls like you other yeah i remember i'll never forget this one day (laughs) 
You probably don't even remember this. You don't. You probably don't even remember this, Adar. Um, I was walking up to the masjid. I was kind of feeling low that day too. You were literally at the doors of the masjid, and you see me you're like, "Oh my God, you look so beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> and I was wearing like those long jilbabs because I, I, I was trying to be like y'all because yeah. I seen you and Hilal I said oh these girls are fly I'm about it you know <laughs> so I said I'm, I'm about to cop me one no, and I'm, I'm pulling up to the masjid and I, you literally said oh you just look so beautiful but you are so beautiful oh thank you you too no, no but you really are like you like you know when I look at it, 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 it it's bright on you you know, it's staggering. You know, and oh my God, I am the doormat at KBW. First of all, she really. <laughs> why, why, why am I meeting everybody at the door? I was waiting oh for you at the door. Watch, every day I meet you people at the door. At the door you're like, you I don't think I go anywhere else. No, I don't. <laughs> and I just remembered that. I always remembered that in my yeah. head. So that's why I said, you know, I'm gonna keep this this jibab. And I really love the jibab. Oh. I really, I really feel like a princess. Why do you like? Tell me about that feeling. Oh, I can't explain it. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's honestly so amazing. And like, don't let it even let it drag a little bit too. Yeah. Oh, oh. What it, especially when it drags a little bit. Oh my dear. Bro, you know, like my favorite kind of jibabs are the ones that, like, if you put your hands down, you look like a a Teletubby a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, like you just don't be do like round. Like don't you do just look. <laughs> Teletubby. Well, like, I look like you just look because you know what it is because it's like you can't see your shape. You can't oh, yeah. see your shape, but the mm. thing is cool is that like, and then when you flip your hands over and your hand shows, oh. and then you walk around with the, with your wrist kind of sticking yeah. out, like you know my hands swing too. I swing my hands so. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like you walk like an auntie. I'm oh like, my don't god, do that. it's just it's just it's almost like wearing a long veil. Yes, you know, and it's like it's something about it's royal. Yes, you know, like when people have like different uh, looks of it, like oh yeah, why do you wear that? You don't look. You know, that's not like what's beautiful is like what you the piece that we I feel inside. I think that's what's projecting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like when you wear a jilbab and you're and you're so focused on the meaning of it, you recognize that, man, you're more than your skin yes. and your body. And what's more beautiful than feeling like you, what what's inside is what should emulate more. And it's just it's just something about it feels so royal. I don't know. It just feels like I'm in a kingdom and I'm like a princess in it. Like, you know what I mean? This is like world. And, you know, and the reality is we are in a kingdom, you know? Allah SWT is the king of this kingdom and we're his servants. And so there's a way to carry ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know we look strange, but the most beautiful things are strange. You know, like that's what makes something so, so rare and so valuable is that it's strange. There's not many of it. Um, but go on, you sort of tell me. Yeah. I will go by myself anywhere. I don't have a problem with that, you know? But some people try to put that in your head. Like, I remember I would always hear these stories of Snakabis getting thrown in subways. I'm like, where was that? I didn't hear that in the news, did you? No, never. I never heard that. But it's a rumor. It's a, it's a trending it's a rumor. It's a rumor that I've somebody. never heard. I but said, we, it's the first thing. Yeah, it's the first thing you hear. To defend it, I've, I've heard people who do wear hijabs get assaulted. Like, people yeah. are not. No, it happens, but why are you trying to scare me with that? Yeah. You know, because yeah. if they're, if they're going to hate you because you're Muslim, you're Muslim either way. Yeah. So you might as well not even wear hijab. You know yeah. what I mean? So I said, no, I'm, you're not going to put that in my head that I'm going to get hurt. First of all, I'm going to read my cat. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to put my trust in Allah and I'm going to live my life. Mm-hmm. You can't stop me, you know, because everyone else, I always say, like, everyone is so proud of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Me as a Muslim, why do I feel shy? Why do I have to feel low? Because I'm obeying Allah. Yeah. And like you said, this is his kingdom, right? Yeah. So if, if like, I like to have the example of, say you have a business, right? Yeah. And uh, your father owns a business. Yeah. If someone tries to say something to you, you're like, bro, my dad owns this. What are you talking about? Exactly. You're going to be like, are you dumb? I, I run this. Like, yeah. You're going to feel like secure with yourself, you know? Yeah. Even if you kind of mess up a little, okay, it's a family business. I'm yeah. going to always be good. And, you know, Allah's above all examples, but this is Allah's earth. Allah owns everything. I can go anywhere I want. You can't stop me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know you hate it. 
because it reminds you of Allah. But I'm still going to be me. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you feel Tell about them, it. Because everyone else is doing them. I'm going to do me too. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel like, listen, I'm doing me, beloved. I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to obey Allah the best way I can. Even if I fall short. Because I, I had a phase where I was wearing naqab and I wasn't wearing naqab. Because mm-hmm. like, you feel those insecurities in your hand, obviously, and shaitan's coming at your neck yeah. too, right? So you're like, I had. I remember Fatima, you remember that phase? Where I was kind of oh, like, yeah. I was wearing it for a couple months. and then That's I when said, I started. Yeah, literally. Our, our things are kind of connected. So I started and um, the insecurities kind of got to my head. So I stopped. And then I said, you know what? I can't. Like I sat down one day. I took out a paper and I wrote down the pros and cons of niqab. Mm. And the pros outweighed the cons. Wow. So I said, you know what? I'm going to wear it. And I prayed. I said, Allah, make it easy for me. And I, I just did it. You know, sometimes you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to wear naqab, though? Like, what, like, was there somebody in particular that inspired you? You know, I used to work at Walmart. <laughs> okay. Girl. <laughs> so when you work at Walmart, right, you see every type of person at nah, Walmart. Because nah. everyone got to go shopping, right? Yeah. And so I remember one day, um, it was towards the end of my shift, and I was just chilling, whatever, and then this girl walked in. She was a naqabi, head to toe, black, blacked out. Okay. And I said, wow. She looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I said, this girl's like, I could just feel her sunshine raining through. Fam. I, she just looks so beautiful. She looked regal to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wear that one day. I told myself, one day I'm going to wear that. But it just impacted me so much. And I was so shy. I didn't even want to give her salams. I was just so shy of her, you know? Mm-hmm. So I look at this because it just reminds you so much of Allah. Mm-hmm. And you see that. It's like Heba, you know? Yeah. It's like SubhanAllah. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna wear it one day. One day I'll get there. And eventually, alhamdulillah, I got there. Yeah, it's always like a, a person that you see. Sometimes it's, they don't even say a thing to you. It's just how they wear it, and you're like, wow. It's just like what you're emulating is what I want to emulate, you know. And obviously, me, I wear naqab this year, so I, I'm, I got fr- bare friends in naqab, and I always say to my friends, no, everybody knows this. I've always wanted to wear naqab. I was like, oh, one day I'm gonna wear it. I just don't know when. But alhamdulillah, sometimes you don't need to know, like, sometimes you don't need a, a big bang reason to wear it. And I think that's what I learned this year. Because, like, I just wore it just for Ramadan. And then it's, I looked at me and said, why don't you keep it on? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right? She's like, yeah, why not? Like, what's what's stopping you? I was like, I don't know. I remember and, that David Vali yeah. the car, me, you and Hillel. Yeah. And you guys just looked at me and you said, just, it, it's you, fam. Yeah, it was you. It's you. Like, this is you, and this is, like, how do you feel? I feel good. But let me tell you, though, like, practically, like, I couldn't breathe. The naqab was hard when you have fabric over your face. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro, I had moments where I was like, oh, guys, how do you guys do this? No, because like, you're wearing different fabrics. Do you know I, I told was, you? I, yeah, and guess what? I learned bare lessons from <laughs> Allah. This is how, they said, this is how you do it. This is how, these are the best fabrics for it. Um, you, and, they, and they were very big on, find your style. Yeah. Like, find what you feel comfortable with. Because I wear glasses, so... You know, I wear a different type of naqab and stuff like that. Like but half step, yeah. so, so for me, it was like about finding what my style was. But Tima, Tima, so tell me, Fatima, tell me, like, what was your hijab journey like? Oh, alhamdulillah, I wore it, hmm, well, most of my life. I just, I had a weak moment, like Yusra in high school. And then um, <laughs> from there, I just was, I feel like number one, it was salah that helped me be firm with what I'm wearing. And then... Um, once I put it on, I lost a lot of people. Really? Yeah, but mind you, I don't care. So <laughs> I you, said, I don't know. But you lost friends when you put on the hijab or the naqab? Um, hijab, mm-hmm. because that's very... No, hijab's on and off. But like yeah. without your hijab, number one, you get a lot more attention. Yeah. Right? So you're talking to people. You're playing basketball, right? Because mm. I used to play basketball. 
people would invite you to areas. Mm-hmm. Once the hijab came on, you're not get you're not getting invited to certain areas, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's, a, it's just a khimar, yeah, it still meant something, right? And then yeah. after I was in grade twelve, I remember that summer was Ramadan, yeah, and I put on the abaya. But that's when the reason of all of this was because my salah was on time. Yeah. So the more I was adding to my salah, the more Allah was layering me. Mashallah. Wow. So then after I met Yusra, I believe in 19, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And then bear hate fam from, <laughs> from Ara. From not, it's, it's quite sad, but I didn't get a lot of hate from non-Muslims. Yeah. I got it from Muslims. Mm. And not yeah, even Muslims the, in that branch. Oh. Women. Wow. Let's so, talk about it. So not why, right why now. Do, why do you think that is though? Why did you think you got more, I guess, hate from Muslim women than you did outside of non-Muslim or Intimidated. Men? I believe it was intimidation mm. because I never spoke to you. And right. once I walked in the masjid, I remember a lady, she's pointing at me. She's like, you know that girl? And mind you, she never met me yeah. in her life. And I, and I remember that was the year I met Isman and Abed and we used to do Thursday cleanup. And you yeah. sure used to do it. But then Isman's like, oh, I'm going to drive you. No, you it, was know. Ra- it was Ramadan we were doing Ramadan, for the but, whole month. Yeah, yeah but that, that month was the, when the lady came to me. She's like, look at that girl. And she was talking to girls that were middle, tw- yeah. age 20s. And I, mind you, I'm 19 years old. I'm just starting up. I'm wearing a bubble jacket and naqab, you know, regular. <laughs> yeah. And she looked we at me. She's do. like, yeah, yeah. She looked at me. She's like, that girl over there. She talked to a bunch of women. And she's young, young woman. And she said, that girl over there, you know what she used to do? Da-da-da-da-da. Like, oh. she's she reminding tra- you of your, your past. And mind you, she doesn't know my past. So, so I just remember, up. I just remember walking upstairs. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan's cutting out of his family. It's normal, it's normal, it's normal. It's normal, Fatu. We, we, we cry here on the mic all the time. It's, it's still raw. And it's okay to, it's okay to, it's okay to. I know, but I just don't want to remember. Yeah, you don't want to remember. Okay, I'm going to need a tissue. <laughs> oh, so I just remember going to Sajud. And asking Allah, so whoever wears a hijab or is on your path to never, ever let me hurt them because they are his slaves. And I asked the sisters, and I forgive them for the sake of Allah, I asked them Allah for Jannah for them because I don't know what they're going through, but I got it really hard and I don't remember. I don't, because it was coming from everywhere. It was coming from non-Muslims when I was going to school it was coming from work they weren't offering you positions then it was coming from my own people not my house alhamdulillah my house was girl do you they knew but when it came to the masjid why are you wearing that it's not in the Quran you don't deserve it take it off Whoa. and I remember I was with you and the girl looked at my pants because I remember you. Can you say a little bit? <laughs> yeah, because you were wearing a jibab, mm-hmm. but you had like your, you know, when your jibab goes up a little bit, you can see like yeah. what's under and stuff like with that. With a jacket. So they, she seen pants. She was like, "Why are you wearing those pants?" And pointing, and she was laughing. Yeah, she was kind of trying to clown you. And I just remember leaving, and I just said, "What's the point?" Because when I wasn't wearing hijab properly, I got hate. Yeah. Now I wear it. You have nobody. But Alhamdulillah, my family. <laughs> yeah. Alhamdulillah. You know, it's it's so crazy. Um, I remember that day. I didn't know what was going on. Obviously, I met you that day for the first time. And oh, yeah. I remember yeah. you were part of it because yeah. you yeah. told me to. Well, you came outside in the yeah, car. Yeah, we, we, we yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. is for real a mother and family. Yeah, yeah. I really am. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I drove her home. I said, yeah. you're not going home by yourself yeah, that yeah. day. And she said, keep it on. Yeah. 
and it was interesting because we took you out. We we left the masjid after that. We went, and, yeah, we, yeah, we all left together, and we, and, we, and we went home. That's the first time we first time we ever met you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, and I, I never was, spoke about this ever. So yeah, I know, and I and you know what's funny because I, I I was telling Ismahan that night. I don't remember if you remember. I loved your personality because you were very like unapologetic, mm. and but I had feelings. You had feelings. Yes, you yeah, people thought I was mentally being. strong, yeah. and I am. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I did go a lot through a lot, but. Give me a break. Yeah. You See, know, one thing I know about Fatima is if you say anything to her, she doesn't care. But when you attack her dean, and that's something so personal and so sacred to her, that affects her in so many levels. And which, like, I'm so sorry you went through that. I think everyone, everyone, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, our yeah. dean is a, it's a sensitive yeah, spot. It you is. know, especially when we're all striving. It's very like, personal. Like you know, I, I, till today, like I remember one thing that really affected me was when I was reading. Okay, there was a time, okay, where I was I was very dedicated in memorizing the Quran, right? And I and I had memorized. I'll never forget. I memorized Surah Dukan so well. Like I had spent hours and hours and hours, and I was gonna um, recite to the sister that I wanted to be her part of her dixie. This is before Ma'an Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her. I love Ma'an Aisha now. But I went to another sister, and I was so confident, you guys. I can't even tell you. I was 110, right? And I read to her, and she let me finish. And then just before I was done, she closes the book and she says, I don't know who taught you how to read, but like, if you read like that, you might as well not read. Wow. Like, and I'll never forget that, okay? It shook me, and I, I think I didn't read the Quran for three months. After that, that happened to me. Yeah, and, and where, then, yeah. Where I was in Ma'an Aisha's Duxi. I still yeah. am, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But I remember during COVID was one of the hardest years of my life. I remember I was in Surah Najm, and a sister was, the Ma'anin will make you read to a teacher assistant. So the teacher assistant, she's a Hifat, and as well as another sister was sitting with her who memorized the Quran. So I was reading to the sister and she said, you don't know nothing. She closed the kitab and she said, do not read. And I said, oh, what's the problem? You know, I'm, I'm young. I was, I was in like 1920 that time. And I said, and I remember Isman's the one who brought me to Duxi. And I was so happy. I was like, oh my gosh, I got a ride. You know, I'm going to do great today. And I practiced so hard. I'm not going to lie to you. That big? Yeah. <laughs> it was day and night, fam. And yeah. then the girl's like, you don't know nothing. Yeah. You don't know Tajweed? And I said, no, I do. I know Qalqala. You know, yeah. when it bounces off the wall, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she said, you think you know more than me? I'm a Hufad. I'm a Hafid. Yeah. You don't know nothing. And I just remember crying and going to the corner. And my teacher, my teacher is a, I love her so much. She knew what happened yeah. because the room is not that big. And she said, come here and join Safat. Am I in Safat? Mm. She knew because I never, ever cried. And when I heard that, I said, I asked again, Allah, don't ever make anybody that is that is who is learning your kalam ever that I hurt them. Because the Quran is not easy. It's no. not. Especially when you're, you're going to school, you're going to work, you're, you're going everywhere, you're, you're helping your mom. Doing this. Yeah, it's 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 hard, you know. Like it's deep. I don't want to go back to yeah. my memories. But the thing is, I think the journey of a of a of a believer of a Muslim is that you're gonna go through hardship, you're gonna go through heartbreaks, you're gonna go, you're gonna speak to people that did wrong to you. You know what I'm saying? It's part of that journey, and sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's like you know, it takes a bit for us to get through. But you know, one thing um, I feel like it also does is that it reminds me the kind of woman I want to be. You know, like when somebody does like a mistake with me or whatever the case be, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that to somebody else. So let me be like. Let me not be that person, you know? And so it's sometimes like, oh, like we're all short. Can I be keep it a buck? Like, 
Nobody's perfect. Nobody's and not perfect. all of our but everybody has choices. They do, they do. And they need the opportunity to go back. You know what I'm saying? And so there are people that, you know, get hurt and there are people that hurt people. And sometimes we're both at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's important as Muslims to recognize, like, there's always an opportunity to go back and mend your mistakes. And as Muslims, we also have the choice to forgive people too. You know, and mm-hmm. recognize. I always forgive. Yeah, you know, always. I want to forgive you. Always, always being mm. on, on that border of forgiveness. But you don't know. You don't need to be mingling again. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, you definitely don't have to mess with people that hurt you. You know, but there's there's a level of forgiveness and there's and respect and respect that Muslims have with each other. There's always a standard. There's always a standard between Muslims and how we interact with each other. And we all have sore spots. Like I, I, I know bare people that have, you know, duxy stories that, you know, really... Oh, stories. don't bring them back. Let's yeah, that, that affected them, you know, in a negative way. Duxy, tell them what duxy is. Quran duxy, classes. madrasas, Quran classes yeah. in general. Everybody has, you know, stories that, like, really affected us. Like, you know, and not, every, not all But it didn't our... make me stop, though. No, so. it didn't. And you know Tangers what? Is flying, don't let, fam. Them <laughs> <laughs> let them know. You'll never stop me. Allah's kalam. And that's the beautiful thing about Fatima. I always see her reading Quran, mashallah. And I and I know that that gave you only accepted. more gas. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, Fatima, Jazakallah for being a role model. And maybe one day you're gonna become a hafan. Not only that, you become a teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. And, and, and I'm never gonna bully nobody. Nope. Mm-hmm. You're not nobody. going to. I'm gonna have khatam. Inshallah. Inshallah. But Isfahan. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about your, your Quran, your, not your Quran, your hijab journey? Hijab, okay, so hijab journey is definitely a journey. <laughs> um, okay, so I was always on and off. I think the first time I remember wanting to wear the hijab was when I was in grade four. And I remember my teacher, my teacher used to complain because I used to fiddle my hijab all the time. And she told my family. <laughs> but then, so then I wore it, took it off, wore it, wore it, took, took it off. But when I really, really wore it and I like... Like so I start studying about the hijab and like really wanting and Allah like putting a strong desire in my heart for it was in uh, 2009 like Ramadan. So you know those people that say Ramadan Muslims like yeah. that don't ever do that to anybody because <laughs> you don't know what they're struggling with. But yeah. that was the first time I decided to wear it. Um, I started wearing hijab, but I was still wearing pants. Um, I still was trying to figure out because everyone around me was not wearing hijab like around my circle of friends i was the first one to wear the hijab so a little story so basically around that time when i was getting married and alhamdulillah the person that i was getting married to was very supportive of it and he literally bought me like a full luggage of like hijabs and he was like really supportive of me wearing it so when i got married obviously i wore hijab i started like wearing skirts and all that stuff and then um i got (laughs) divorced um within like three years and I was really afraid um, during my divorce that I was gonna lose my like my dean because I still didn't have much knowledge and stuff. So I'd always make dua every time Ya Allah because I I knew a sister Subhanallah that was um, practicing and all that stuff. And she used to encourage me when I was younger. And um, after her divorce, like a lot of sisters, like they literally struggle with their iman and everything like that. And th- that sister took off her hijab and um, she was really struggling with her mental health and um, like. Subhanallah, she committed suicide, right? So, um, yeah, and she was such an amazing sister. I make so much dua for her. But when I seen that, it was really hard because I'm like, am I, does that going to happen to me? Like now that I'm divorced, like am I gonna like lose my faith? And I didn't have any friends around me that was like on that path. So I used to like, it was crazy. Like during my I would like every day I would make dua to like um, Allah to strengthen me and support and surround me with good sisters and good companions. And I remember that was 2013. And for like kind of 2013 to 2016, I was like alone. I hardly chilled with anybody because I just felt like the 
I love my friends and everything, but I just felt like I was on this journey and I just was alone in it because I didn't have no one I could relate to. And um, during that time, I would make du'a all the time. Just I would, I didn't care about a spouse. I didn't care about anything. I just make du'a for like good companionship. And um, and sometimes you don't know what to make du'a. Like, you know when you're just like in the midst in the midst of it, you don't even know how to make a du'a. So I would just ask Allah, like just strengthen my de- uh, my iman, um, surround me with good people surround me good friends mm-hmm. and um i didn't know the prophetic du'as i didn't know prophetic supplications i didn't know any of that stuff but i just made du'a from my heart and when i did that subhanallah in 2016 so three years i was like a solo but i would listen to lectures all the time when i'm at work i always listen to like mufti mink um, I'm like those speakers right and 2016 is like subhanallah allah answer my du'a that's when i met Abir. i met mm-hmm. Abir in january 2016 well i remember the, the day do you remember that i remember so, so funny i met hilal like in um <laughs> i think like summer of 2016 mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started Al Huda in 2016. I met Sister Tamia. This is 2016. That's when my Ali Aisha, like, I was looking for a Quran teacher everywhere. I kept on saying, Where's the Quran teacher? Like, for older girls, not younger girls. And everyone's like, Oh, there's no such thing. I'm like, What do you mean there's no such thing? Mm-hmm. And then I literally looked around everywhere. I couldn't find it. And then this subhanAllah, I met this beautiful sister named Mariama. Everyone knows Mariama Abdullahi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she told me about a sister that came from Egypt that she knows and she can connect me with, right? And that's when my Ali Aisha came. She came, like, February 2016 and I met her May 2016 and that's when like alhamdulillah the duxi started the Quran class started um I told her like I really want to study and she's like okay I can do one-on-one with you but it's best if you have like 10 students like 10 serious girls so you guys can uh, like you guys can uh, push each other motivate each other and she's like I just want to focus on you 10 no one else so you guys can become half in two years she had high hopes first (laughs) I'm sorry I disappointed her but um she's like after after two years when I like put all the effort in you guys and all the other sisters you guys can teach them and um, so that's when, alhamdulillah, when the duksi was started and the Quran class was started. So then, so like literally 2016, everyone just popped out of nowhere. Like it was like, other uh, um, than, and then she brought, that's when I met Ansar. Yeah. That's when I met all these girls from the masjid. That's when I met Hilal. That's when I met Ma'ala Aisha. That's when I met uh, Al-Huda. So sometimes you make dua and you don't know how Allah is going to answer it, right? Like sometimes you make dua and then just go to those places, like try to figure out where the masjid is, try to figure out where halakhas is. And uh, sometimes you might not connect with some pe- some people right away. You can it's okay to be by yourself until you find your tribe, right? Until you find your friends and mm-hmm. your. So that's when that was the beginning of my like Quran uh, journey, Alm journey, hijab and journey. hijab journey. Um, and that's when other used to wear jilbab all the time, and I used to look at him like, how do you wear this? And I, I just because I used to wear like a qimar and a abayas because I was like struggling with work and all that. St- like I didn't want to struggle with work because I like I had to work and stuff, right? But when I seen either wearing the jilbab and working, and I, it kind of inspired me, like, put this on. So I started wearing the jilbab, I remember, <laughs> January 2017. Because all 2016, I was around this crowd. I was around all these girls at the masjid. I was around my Ali Aisha. I was around Sister Tamia, Al-Huda. Like, it was, like, everything I needed. And then the December break was, like, conferences back to back. So I literally, 2017, January, I'm like, this is a new year. <laughs> I just made the intention. I went to Al-Gab, the Somali mall, and I bought jilbabs. And that's when I started wearing jilbabs, and I just loved them. And I said, and I kept on thinking about and I'm like, you know what? Just take it easy, because everyone in the family is gonna think you're, like, <laughs> you're being extreme. Because everyone's like seeing me wearing yeah, long jilbabs. Yeah. So then I start thinking about it the whole like during the whole 2017. Yeah, I wanted to wear niqab right away, but I was like, let me just let me just do jilbab first. So I was doing jilbab, and I was still continuing my classes, still continuing around being good sisters. And then um, 
2018, January is when I first put the niqab on. I ordered a niqab from like Sunnah Style, and I love Sunnah Style niqabs, by the way. That's when. Inshallah, but. Inshallah, Style. Yeah. So then that's when I started wearing niqab, alhamdulillah. And wallahi, like, it, it was such a crazy. I was thinking about it for such a long time. And, um, but I was scared, like, what, like, with employment. I was scared with, like, family. I was scared with a lot of things. Mm. And I would ask, I would go around, ask, like, a lot of people with the niqab that were wearing, like, how it was for them. So some people would say, like, a lot of people would say, don't worry, you're not married, you're, you're, mm, like, working, yeah. like, why would you do it? You know, things like that. And I thought that to wear the niqab, like, you had to be, you had to have a level of piety to wear the niqab. Like, I had to, I thought that my dean had to be perfect in order to wear and I'm like I don't feel like that my dean was perfect and I remember I talked to a sister and she told me no one has to be perfect to wear a niqab like there's no such thing as that if that's what Allah put in your heart and that you have that strong desire to follow that desire and do it and I was like subhanAllah so that's what I did wallahi I'm not lying to you like that's when I felt like myself ever like I felt good in it I looked I looked in the mirror like I just it was like the best decision I've ever made in my life and I had no doubt in my mind that I was meant to I literally love the niqab mm -hmm. I just feel like it's me like it just it's just me yeah, <laughs> so it's, then, you. it's like you found your full self exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, subhanallah, yeah alhamdulillah yeah. but the niqab subhanallah when I start wearing it to now like it was never a struggle till covid that was the hardest mm. time during COVID was like the hardest time of me wearing niqab. I know everyone's thinking like that's the time should I wasn't be, wearing. Yeah, yeah it but be easier. it was the reason that was a hard time for me is because I lost my job in 2020, the beginning of 20, like when the pandemic started. And um, before that, like the job I was at, it was a good environment. I used to work with just a bunch of other girls. It was like literally an office full of 20 girls. Um, like the manager, the everybody was girls. So like at that kind of environment, so it pushed me even further to like wear the niqab. I'm like, okay, I'm at a good space. Um, everyone respected that. But then when I lost that job, it was very hard. Cause I'm like, how am I gonna find employment with a niqab? So you got tested. Oh my That's god! That's when you got tested, Subhanallah. right? I said, I remember that that day that like, yeah, Subhanallah, I did. It was a hard test, and I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, Allah is gonna provide. But you do believe that. But when you get tested, you like you second guess yourself. You're like you know can I really do it like you have bills to pay you have things like mm -hmm. coming up you're just like Leap. yeah and then your family's looking at you like you don't have to wear why are you wearing it and I was like like it just everyone like that was the hardest part for me and I remember Adler used to take walks every day Lakeshore knows all, all of our business by the way <laughs> Can, like, our sure. whole life. Can, can I tell you something though? Lakeshore was a D-spot. No, like, no Lakeshore definitely Lake knows our business. Because remember, like, Ismail lost a job in 2020. So it was, it, and it was a really precarious time for a lot of people. A lot oh, of people sir. lost their job, right? Um, but the reality was that, like, you know, if, you, if you're an Aqami, you lost your job, that's another thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's not the same playing field mm -hmm. as someone who doesn't wear niqab. I feel like people need to understand that part. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I mean, it's it, it's like, it's, you know, it's obvious, but it's not obvious at the same time. So when I saw Ismahan lose something and then have to figure it out, it took Ismahan, like, Ismahan, you can tell me this, two years. Yeah. Two, how many job interviews did you do? Please tell Subhanallah. us. Subhanallah. How many job interviews? That, aside <laughs> from other personal stuff, like my grandma was sick, it was just a lot going on. But the job part was really, really hard for me. Like, um, at first, I'm like, you know, Allah will provide. And I already, like, I had that conviction, but I wasn't really, like... But when I was tested over and over and over again, it's like my faith was, like, really decreasing. And I was, like, starting to, like second guess myself and doubt myself so um i literally did so many job interviews and wow. most of them were online and um 
<laughs> to, to the point where Ismahan had a, this generator where it, it can give you the perfect resume. Okay. No, I literally fig- <laughs> now I'm like I think a professional resume maker. <laughs> no, she I am. She is. I literally am. I know how to. <laughs> anyone know, anyone she- that needs a job, please come to me. Because I definitely I had to like up my game with uh, resumes and stuff. I would literally wake up in the morning at like after like or. And then I would sit on my desk out, like in my room, thinking that it's like I'm working nine to five and just work on my resumes <laughs> and jobs. And I would make dua in the middle of the night. So y'all, please provide a job for me. And I was like, I can't believe it's not happening. It was really hard. And um, I, like, you what- know, I didn't know it was as hard as it was until one day we went to Lakeshore and you just looked at me randomly. Said Azad, I said, yeah. The job is really, really hard. Yeah, right now I never me. felt and like I, that. It was till yeah, and, and then you looked at it and I was like, really? She goes, other has never been this hard in my life, bro. It's I'm, it's really hard right now. And I just looked at it, I was like, and I remember I went home that day and been doing for you because I, I didn't want to see a day where you took it off. I th- that I, was like, never you know, a like, thought, but I'm, I kept on saying, yeah. maybe should I? I I know I never wanted to take off. I never wanted to get a job and compromise my dean because then I don't feel like that job like. Nothing mm. in life is worth compromising your dean. Like, but everyone kept saying this is just extra. You don't need to do it. And I yeah. like, and I thought of that too. It was just, yeah. It was just, it was hard. And the thing is too is like she struggled. You struggled for two years. It did two. It, years. it wasn't something that was short. Yeah. Like all twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Just at the end is yeah. when I got alhamdulillah. So tell us. So tell everyone how you got the job. So. All my interviews were usually online, mm-hmm. and um, every time it was a phone interview, everything would go great. They're like, oh, wow, you, whatever, you sound good, and, like, they never had a problem. Then I would go through, like, video interviews, and then at first I would wear my niqab, like, whether it was a male or a female, and then I would get different reactions, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, Allah's gonna, like, I kept on, like, reaffirming, like, giving myself affirmations, like, no, it's okay, you, you can do it, it's You whatever. can do this. <laughs> yeah. And then once I just kept on like saying oh we found someone else is more of a better fit oh you can apply in six months you can do this it just after like over and over and again i was like subhanallah and you know this this is also crazy i even i'm not gonna say the company but i even try to apply for a food delivery just because just to make side money like while like finding a job yeah and they and i would do it with you yeah But the thing about that is that they denied me because they said your picture, you need to, I put, they said send a picture. So I sent a picture of my niqab as my profile picture for, I guess, customers to me to see. And they said, no, this picture is not valid because it doesn't, it doesn't, you have, doesn't have your face on it. And uh, I was like, I can't believe it got denied for a food company after I did like a whole university degree and like just because my face and... It's my, what did I tell you when you told me that day? Yeah. I was looking up lawyers. I said, Ismahan. Yeah, she said, we need to sue them I right said, now. I said, you just made a billion dollars. <laughs> no, I said to her, I said, Ismahan, what are you talking about? You just, you just made a billion she dollars. She really did. I, said, I went to Google. I'm like, I, I don't... was calling lawyers. I said, my friend had been discriminated by the company. <laughs> she did that. Her, her, her right to religious expression has been violated. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, Ismahan, I got to talk to this lawyer, that lawyer. She's going to be like, whoa, relax, fam. I... <laughs> the thing is, I was embarrassed. I'm like, I'm not going to apply. And everyone knows that I'm trying to apply for it. Because I told her, you're going to be on the news. Yeah, That's what I said. If this goes, if this, if this, she gets a lawyer, she's going on the news. You know what's gonna be? It's gonna be Ismahan and a niqab mm-hmm. saying how Canada violated my rights. <laughs> it was gonna be so big of news. Ismahan looked at me, she goes, Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't have time to be on Toronto Star. I was uh, like, It's I, okay. I, so even if I they said, don't give you the job, you're gonna get money yourself you're for money. life. There's no problem. Like, I, I'm not telling her, fall it at uh, IKEA and say, You broke, you know, they did. I'm telling you, this, they vi- Imagine everybody, okay, the pandemic. A lot of people lost their jobs. That food carrier job hired bare people because it's an alternative to do because to ends meet. It was like, yeah. Imagine you don't have access to that, that most Canadians do. Yeah. That's crazy that most Canadians right now are doing. Bare dads, bare mothers, bare people, elder people who are using it to ends meet. Ismahan, not allowed. 
So where is she allowed? I said, this is perfect. I said human rights. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> oh, said, no, you speak your mind. I sis. said, I you are going to make a million dollars. And not only there, they're never going to discriminate in Aqabi. Even the 1%, because as Sophia said, we, were only, we only make up 1% of the world, right? Imagine, we're less than that in Canada. Of Muslim women in the Western world. In the Western world, okay? Western world. And so if this man defends her, like, stands up for herself, then A, she makes the money that she needs to, and then B, you know, like, a lot of Naqabis will not feast that. But, like, it was... Anyways, I said, this man, you made a million dollars, but she's like, I'm not trying to be a Toronto star. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why. But I was like, okay... So what I did is, I st- I'm like, okay, I need to come up with a strategy because they're playing this game. I can play this game with them too. <laughs> <laughs> so when I start having the interviews, because uh, I would, um, especially if it's, uh, I would find out who I'm having an interview with, uh, if it was just a woman, then I would not wear my niqab. I would just wear my hijab. So Oh, you were thinking yeah. you were trying to be yeah. did, this, did this come after the conversation we had when no. I told you that I do that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. When he talked about it, I'm like, that's what I was doing too. <laughs> it's trust, not trust. Wow. So I don't turn on my camera at work meetings if there are men there. But if there are only women, then I turn on my camera and I don't wear my niqab. But, that, yeah. but, you see, but do you see how they're playing ch- <laughs> They're playing that game. So they're playing we gotta, checkers. We're playing chess. Exactly. Me, I not, <laughs> it's funny because me, I never took it off. I said, you don't like me? I don't like you. So oh, keep like, it back. But guess what? There's different ways to maneuver. And at the time, Ismail was like, okay, if there's women, then let me like let me remove that layer. So guess what? So yeah, continue. But because of the is, Zoom option. It because it yeah. won't, cause now it's don't not. Don't worry. When I show up in person, there's naqab on me. So sometimes they get shocked. So at a certain age, you don't want to go ask your family, oh, I need this. Like I'm, be, I'm past that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I need, I have car payments. I have rent. I have things that I need to pay. So I'm like, so I start playing that game with them. I start not wearing naqab during my interviews. With and women. I start, yeah, with women. And there was times that men would come and I'm like, where? And I was like, oh. Like, yeah, I, have, the game. I had no choice, right? Yeah. And then some women interviewed that um, I wouldn't get. I'm like, maybe you know, it's, maybe it's Nahan, It's not the nakhab. Just maybe you're just not performing well, or you're not, you know, what, what, what you're looking for. And but well, I was an internal battle because I'm like, what is it? I don't get it. Like, how can I get a job? Like, it was just so hard. And um, I just kept on making dua. Wallahi, um, the little money I had, I would just like I'm um, obviously this is my like I don't want to share my deeds but the little money that I had during that time I would give sadaqah and I would say ya Allah like please use this as a means to provide for me like you know like mm-hmm. this is all I have and like if I have more I would give but this is you know I would I would make some the most sincere du'as those times and wallah I feel like all the du'as that got answered was always during the time when I was like in definite definite need and I had no other choice and that's when like literally my du'as would get accepted and like now I understand hindsight, but at that time I was just like I was just going through it. Like, so like, how did Allah make a way for you? There was the times job? I couldn't even sleep at night. I would be yeah. up all night because I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like, I, I, you know, and I was like, just it's better just to pray because you're already up at night, right? But mm-hmm. there's times that will I, I, I started affecting my faith. Where I'm like, what's the point? You know, like what's the point of going all through? Like, it was weird. Like, what's the point? Of, like, it was an internal battle. At times, I'm like, no, I'm not going to compromise my deen. Other times, I'm like, you know, Allah sees you in your situation. Like, just, you know, like, just, like, you know, give up. Give yeah. in. Like, yeah. and and it was like, no, I'm not. Like, it, it was in my own head. Yeah. SubhanAllah. So, I just kept on um, just making dua and giving whatever I could and and just finding little temporary jobs here and there that would be online that it would be like a day or two through agencies where I just get money, like, you know what I mean, get paid and stuff like that. Just to make ends, like, it was literally a, str- a struggle just to survive. But I was like, like, I can't give up because if I give up, then khalas, like, there's nothing, there's no hope. And I'm like, no, I have to have, have hope and everything is going to come, like, when it's it's time. 
And all of a sudden, I remember, I remember it was when I um, I kept on applying and stuff. It was a time that we went to Ottawa for yeah. uh, the Digital Sisterhood. Yeah. And I kept like I just got a call while it was like the def- I, I didn't want to go. I'm like I, I'm kind of broke right now. Yeah. I can't yeah, even I go on this trip. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm struggling. I was like, no, you're coming. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, coming. You're coming. We're gonna have a good time. Don't worry about anything. I was like, no, I don't want to put that burden on anybody. And she's like, no, we're coming. So we end up going. Um, and then when we went. Um, that day, that Friday when you went, is when I got the call. And it was like, you know, a government job. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then she had an interview with me over the phone. And then she's like, hey. Um, and then she's like, you need an- another interview. So anyways, I went through like four or five interviews. And subhanAllah, it had a video call. and Sorry, it was a video Zoom um, interview. Um, and they never asked to put the camera on. I don't know. It was just like, subhanAllah, it was, it was miraculous. Weird. It was. I got the job. They're like, oh, you can pick up your equipment from the head office. So I went to the head office and proudly with my naqab. I was like, oh, my God. You know, I, I was <laughs> so in they the didn't, Wait, so they didn't know you were a naqab. No. They gave you the job. They gave me the job. You signed the contract. I signed the contract. And they told you, bring your, come pick up your laptop and your, your yeah. work phone. yeah. And, and you showed up in your full-on hug. Yeah, I did. Were they shocked? No, they weren't there because it was everybody was online. Oh. But it was other people that were there. And then, then even the, secu- the security office, I think he was Muslim in Pakistan. And he looks at me, he's like, are you here for something? Like, I was like, yeah, I'm just looking <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> you're in the wrong place. Yeah, he's like, I'm like, and he, no, no, he was so happy. He's like, yes, like, that's my Muslim sister. Like, yeah. He mm. was like, yeah, like, you know, he's like, there's the way. He's like, don't worry, I'll go. He went and talked to the reception. He's like, she's here to pick up her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> like, the method she has a job yeah. here she's one of us well, I, he was so proud of yeah, you yeah he was uh, subhanallah I was like oh. yeah and then when I went there I was just and they're like okay and the reception is like may I help you and I was like yeah I'm, you know he just told you I'm picking up my laptop and then she looked at me so weird like okay and then I sat down I was waiting um and then there was another person that got hired. He was a Muslim brother. SubhanAllah, we just, like, um, we both got hired at the same time. And he was so happy. He's like, you're Muslim? Like he, And then he's like, I'm Muslim. And we just bonded. He's like, he went to your university. I went to your university. Yeah. And he was just, like, so happy that his Muslim fellow sister, like, yeah, had a job, whatever. And I just, that day was so special to me because I didn't compromise my deen at all. And I got the job with fully wearing the niqab and everything. Allah Akbar. Yeah. You know, Allah made a way for you. And it's funny because you were supposed to be interviewed in a video. Yeah. But Qadr Allah, it didn't happen. Yes. It worked out perfectly for you to get this job. Not only that, you yeah. had to be fully vaccinated to get the job. And I wasn't fully vaccinated yet. And you got the job? Yes. Yet? They forgot to ask me to send me the vaccination form. Wow. The, like the vaccination passport. So basically, like while I'm like one month in, they're like, oh, you need to send your vaccine. I'm like, oh, that's... And then, so anyways, I... And then you had to get vaccinated, got vaccinated. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, I don't even know how you got the job. That's what they told me. Like, <laughs> because everyone, Haters you have hate. to be fully vaccinated to get the job. So not only did they not see you, you weren't even fully... It's like Allah SWT said, let, he made a way for you. Wallahi, Allah no matter what way. situation you were at, yeah. it's almost like when people say, oh, I'm not going to get this job because I don't have prerequisites. Yeah. But if Allah wants you to get that job, you're going to get that job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so for you, Allah wanted you to get that and job. And not only the job, like Alhamdulillah, it's a good job. It's a government job. It's a remote job. I work from home. Like It was, it was Allah just, job. And that's the dua I made. Allah literally made exactly the scenario I wanted even more. And wow. I literally have the best manager. It's a team of full of females, except that one brother, that Muslim brother that works with me. It's like, alhamdulillah, wallah, I'm so happy to even have a job. And just everything I went through, I didn't compromise my deen. Like, I think oh. that's the most, like... Subhanallah. Yeah. 
Allahu Akbar. You know the thing is, I don't. I I love that we're hearing this story because we don't hear enough of this yeah. about women who you know didn't compromise and then what was their result. And it's like now we're hearing from Ismaha, we're hearing from Safiya and Yusra, and like and it's yeah, it's, it's just it's beautiful to see a, a happy ending to a, a, you know women who had so many adversities up against them because that's the reality. You guys have yeah. so much adversities up against. Them. And I'm not gonna lie. Um, when I put on the car, I was really scared about the the job part. Yeah. There's oh yeah. Everybody. Else, everybody. There's, no, there's nothing else that I worry most except I'm like, um, will I be able to feed my? Right. <laughs> you, know? you know, like you know, like, and that's a that's a real fear, and it's a valid fear because reality is is that they do make it hard for women like us to get jobs and to participate in society. They make it. There are people that have an issue with our Islam in this way. Because the thing is, like, there are hijabi women who get who don't wear niqab who get jobs. True. Um, they have like they're not like there's still there's still a level of uh, a barrier for them as well, but the barrier is even more increased with us, right? And so you know them when you sign up, <laughs> like you know, okay, like this is a and and people love to remind you, oh, you sure you should do this? You sure you know? Like you sure you're ready for this? Yeah. And like it's almost like a fight there. Like, they are you project ready for their, their yeah insecurities their security and stuff. On but you. they need to cut that out. It's 2022. Yeah, and 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 I think the the real thing is if we don't fight, then what's what's gonna be the reality? Exactly. Or like, be confident in your hijab. Yeah, and it's just like it, there has to be more of us fighting. Yeah, yo, because like it shouldn't be like this. Real world, big 2022. Like it shouldn't be like this, and it is like this still. And I just it, it's very frustrating, and I feel like obviously like uh. The more of us there is, the more possibility of this like being more like you can't do nothing. And then, okay, so let's let's segue into this to the next topic, right? Let's talk about um, stereotypes. It's a spicy talk because there's a lot oh, of stereotypes. stereotypes on the hands like Birdman. Okay, I see Fatima rubbing her hands like I'm ready to get into this. this no, topic. this is a big one. This is a big one, one because guess okay. Uh, can I start with me? This episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios, recorded at MH Studios Toronto. I love to give a shout out to our executive producer, Munashik Umar. Thank you for this incredible episode, man. You killed it, as usual. I also have to give a shout out to our recording engineer, Jonathan Lilo, our podcast intern, Nima Haroon, our graphic designer, our digital artist, our most talented digital artist, <laughs> Wasima Farah. Um, our project manager, Yasmin Mahmoud, and last and most definitely not least, our marketing extraordinaire, Sosan Abdullahi. If this podcast, this episode even, if it gave you any value, we're leaving it up to you. Donate however much you feel like it gave to you. We're leaving it up to you, entirely up to you. We have a big team this year who put so many hours into bringing the show to life. And if you can't right now, not a problem. Keep us in your eyes. That's more than thank you enough. Also, before I go, I got news for y'all, okay? I got news for y'all. So, TDS is going on a mid-season break. I know, I know. We just took a break. I understand. But it's for good reason, y'all. We're going to break for good reason. TDS is going on the road, bro. We're catching miles. And guess where we're headed to, bro? Guess where we're headed first? <laughs> we are headed to minnesota minneapolis minnesota you know i love that place we're heading to minnesota for the growth conference happening on july 16 and 17 y'all need to get your tickets because not only are we keynote speakers we're also nominated for the podcast of the year wow that is crazy like we're so we're so humbled man like whoever like however y'all nominated us thank you so much jazakallah khair i already feel like we won man thank you so much 
for nominating. It means so much to the team. And yeah, go ahead if you want to vote for us. All that information will be in our link tree, inshallah. Definitely pull up to the Grow Conference. They're selling tickets now and they're selling fast. So, so fast. Um, you can get the tickets on our LinkedIn bio, in our link tree, inshallah, and pull up. We would love to meet so many of you guys. You know I love my Minnesota listeners. They're my rotadads. <laughs> so I'll see you guys there, inshallah. We're also heading to, drumroll please, New Jersey, aka NYC. What? We're going to be in New Jersey, y'all, for an e-celebration hosted by the Digital Sisterhood, okay? Y'all need to pull up. When I tell you my whole team is showing up, so many of us are showing up to this event, and we're super excited about it. I'm even bringing, okay? I'm even bringing Ustada Hila. She's back from Egypt, and I definitely told her, let's go. You're going to New York with us. So, inshallah, we're going to be there for the e-celebration. As we call it, a halal turn-up, inshallah. Um, I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to be NYC listeners, Philly listeners. I'm just so excited to meet my sisters there, inshallah. That's going to be on July 23rd. And tickets for that are also selling right now. They're not, they have like a limited amount of tickets. So you guys definitely need to buy them ASAP. Um, all of that information is going to be in our link tree link in bio, okay? If you're in NYC, in New Jersey, or Philly, pull up. Pull up for the celebration, inshallah. It's going to be so much fun. Like, so much fun. Anyways, that is it for me, y'all. I will see you guys very, very, very soon. The mid-season break will end, inshallah, in August. And we back telling you a good story, inshallah. So don't worry. The mid-season break isn't too long. We'll be back before you know it.